Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to up-level their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the bullshit, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to up-level your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance, body, mind, and soul. Hey there, welcome back to the Nutrition Edit Podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Oliver, functional nutrition and wellness coach. And today I'm going to keep it pretty short because I have a little head cold sinus thing going on, which you can probably hear in my voice. I'm very nasal. Um, And I just wanted to give you a few quick tips. It's the holiday season. Happy holidays to you. And I wanted to just share some tools with you for eating out, you know, making good enough choices when you are either on the road, traveling, eating out, eating at someone else's home, staying with someone else, all of these things that a lot of us are doing over the holidays, but that you may be doing at all the other times of the year as well. So let's just jump into this. Look, first of all, I want you to remember that you do not have to get fully off track when you're traveling or eating out. This does not mean that everything has to go out the window and that you lose all the progress you've made, um, that the wheels are going to fall off the bus. That really is not the case. There is such a thing as just making good enough choices, not perfect choices, which you've heard me tell you before if you're a listener, that perfect doesn't exist. (laughs) It is not a thing. And striving for it is really just a recipe for misery and frustration. So don't expect yourself to make progress necessarily if you're on the road or if you're staying in someone else's home, you know, eating at restaurants, etc. Those are times when you may not have control over your circumstances, over all of your food choices, your environment's going to be different, right? So I just want to encourage you that it is okay to just maintain or be in a holding pattern during these times because your circumstances are not going to be ideal. You're not going to have your normal routine in place, um, you know, your own kitchen, all of those sorts of things. So here are my top recommendations for just making those good enough choices when you're out of your routine so that you can kind of stay close enough to being on track that when you do get back into your routine at home, that it's not an uphill battle for you, that it's easier to just ease back in. So first of all, the most important thing, do your best to prioritize sleep and drinking plenty of water. These are going to drive everything else downstream. You know, if I've talked about before, if you're tired, you're actually going to crave more empty calorie, like high starch, high sugar foods, or, you know, junky foods, processed foods, and you're actually less insulin sensitive when you're not rested. So that can be problematic as well. If you're not hydrated enough, you're not drinking enough water, that will absolutely cause sugar cravings and or salty, crunchy food cravings. Um, It can cause just sort of ongoing hunger. I know that's a big, big truth for me. On days when I haven't had enough water to drink, I'll think, man, why am I so hungry? I feel like a bottomless pit today. What's the deal? I've had plenty to eat. And I'll realize that I haven't had enough water to drink and I'm actually quite thirsty. So your brain can kind of mix up those signals 
for you. So make sure you're staying hydrated. And my general rule of thumb for that one, you know, I had a whole episode, I think it was last season, that I talked about just water and water drinking. Maybe it was this season. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But basically the goal is to shoot for drinking about half your body weight in ounces of water. So for a 150-pound individual, that would be roughly 75 ounces of water a day um, or, you know, 10 cups ish. So you can do that calculation for yourself. It's also good to think about it as half your weight, half your ideal body weight in ounces of water. Um, But that could be, you know, a little too much for some people and not enough for others. So you'll have to gauge that. But that's a good general rule of thumb to shoot for. So sleep and water, that's my number one thing, because I feel like those are going to make everything else easier. The second tip I have for you, or recommendation rather, is to pack healthy snacks with you just to avoid what I call food emergencies. So for example, I always pack good quality, low sugar, high protein, protein bars, uh, nuts, seeds, organic jerky, things like that, because I don't ever assume that I will be able to find good, healthy options in an airport, for example, or on a road trip. And maybe not even if I'm at someone's home, they may not have healthy options. There may not be a grocery store nearby. So I pack a lot of that stuff with me. Sometimes I don't need it, but hey, if you do, you've got it on hand and then you can avoid you know, a food emergency, which kind of leads into or ties in together with one of my other tips, which is don't let yourself get too hungry. Um, a perfect example of this, I had a client tell me about when she went away for a couple of days over a holiday. When she got there, literally nothing was open and she hadn't packed any food with her. The only place that was open was the pizza place. And this is someone that doesn't tolerate gluten or dairy very well, but that was literally her only option for food. It was either that or go hungry. And she arrived in this place already really, really hungry. So she ended up having the pizza. And of course, she felt just rotten for the next couple of days. So if she had had something with her, which now she does, she packs things with her whenever she travels, um, she could have prevented that whole thing and you know really enjoyed her time off instead of feeling physically crappy. So to dive a little bit deeper in the don't let yourself get too hungry point, Anytime that you let yourself get really ravenously hungry, your brain is going to drive you towards what we call high value foods. Those foods are going to be those kind of high glycemic, empty calorie, starchy carb, high sugar type foods, the types of foods that don't really serve us well. Um, You know, once you get too hungry, it's kind of like all bets are off and your brain's just like, yeah, give me whatever, whatever I can get. You're much less likely to make choices that are going to serve you well, that are, you know, going to be good, healthy, nutrient-dense foods. So not letting yourself get too hungry is a real, really important thing to ensure and prioritize. Okay, so moving on to my tip number three. And this one is to know your non-negotiables and set clear boundaries. So a good example of this would be, let's say you are gluten or dairy intolerant, just like our previous example. Um, I am actually gluten and dairy intolerant. So for me, those are non-negotiable things. And I don't compromise on those because if I do, I feel physically not good. I get really bad brain fog. And the trade-off is just not worth the, um, you know, if you do the cost-benefit analysis there, it's just not worth the risk for me. And most of the people that I know are aware of this. But if you are someone who is maybe 
just starting on your wellness journey, or you've just discovered a food intolerance, or maybe you just know that something doesn't serve you well, be it a specific type of food like gluten or dairy, or maybe you're not drinking alcohol anymore. Maybe it's sugar that you're avoiding. Whatever it is, just know your line, right? Know those non-negotiables. Like this is something that I'm not willing to compromise. And then really be true to yourself and draw healthy boundaries around that. One way you can do this is by giving people a heads up. So if you're, for example, going to a family or friend's home for the holidays, before you go, you can say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm not drinking anymore. And I don't want this to be you know, a topic of discussion or debate or anything. I've got my reasons around it. You can phrase that however it feels right for you, but just give them a heads up and just say, look, don't be offended if I don't eat this or drink that. It's just something that I need to do for myself to take care of my health right now. Um, and then you can always offer to bring something. So that's what I usually do. I'll say, can I make a dish? Can I help cook something? Can I purchase some other ingredients so that you don't have to go to extra trouble just because I have a food restriction? So that's just one example. I know I've talked about that in a previous episode, I believe, but I just wanted to reiterate that because I think that a lot of people are afraid to be high maintenance or precious or, you know, um, that person that can't eat this or can't eat that. And honestly, let me tell you, you have the right to protect your own health and to take good care of your body. And really, your choices that you make to protect your body are no one else's business. So it's actually quite gracious for you to say, hey, this is what's going on. And if I can help make it easier for you, fabulous. But beyond that, you don't have to make any apologies. You know, if someone has celiac disease, like, no one's going to question that. Well, you may not have celiac, but you may have other reasons that are just as important for your health, you know, to avoid that thing. So um, you could be gracious about it, but don't apologize. Don't compromise on those things. Taking good care of yourself and your health is of utmost importance. And if someone's offended by that or has issues with that, that's usually about them, not about you. So don't take it on. And this could take some practice. This isn't easy for all of us to do, especially if we have people-pleasing tendencies. And so, you know, it may be something that feels quite uncomfortable for you at first, but it does get easier with practice and with time. Okay, so number four, I recommend opting always for veggies and protein. Like try to focus on veggies and protein as the main part of your meal and start with those items. So eat some veggies, eat some protein before you go and eat any of the starchy carbs like grains or pasta or bread or anything sugary, any kind of refined carbohydrate. And the reason I recommend this is because number one, you're going to ensure that you get more actual nutrients or nutritious food because that's what you're eating first. And second, the fiber and the protein in those foods is going to help buffer any effect on your blood sugar that those carbohydrate foods that you're eating later will have, okay? So that would help prevent that kind of blood sugar spike and dip afterwards. And we want to keep your blood sugar regulated. I mean, this is so crucial. I've talked about this a lot before. It's something that I am always, always focusing on in my practice with my clients is helping them regulate blood sugar because it's so important for your health in so many ways, especially for us women, um, you know, for future brain health, but also in the short term for, you know, healthy metabolism. If your blood sugar is all over the map, it can lead to insulin resistance, which leads to, you know, 
fat gain and can eventually lead to type 2 diabetes and all these awful things that we really want to avoid. Um, so keeping that blood sugar kind of, you know, regulated, nice and somewhat even keel is really, really the goal here. And by eating your veggies and protein first at mealtimes, you will help keep that more regulated. It's also going to help with appetite because fiber and protein are filling. They stimulate production of that leptin hormone or neurotransmitter that tells your brain, hey, I'm full and, and satiated. I don't need to keep eating. And so you're less likely to overeat or you know, eat past the point when you're actually full or crave a lot of sweets after your meal. It can just help keep all those things sort of in check. Um, and again, you know, makes it easier to make healthy choices that serve you well. Um, the other thing that this can kind of indirectly benefit is your mood and your stress reactivity. If your blood sugar is a little more regulated, you will be less stress reactive, less anxious, less moody. So, you know, a lot of us have stressful situations when it comes to family or if you're traveling for work. And I don't think any of us needs to be more easily stressed out. So remember that food can really help with stress management too. Um, and finally, eating this way, eating your more nutritious food first, keeping your blood sugar regulated, this also really supports healthy immune system function. And, you know, everybody's sick right now. Even me, I'm fighting this sinus situation. Um, lots of funk is going around, <laughs> all kinds of things. And when you're traveling, you're more susceptible to it. We're on airplanes, you're maybe jet lagged. Um, maybe you're around small children. I mean, there's so many factors that come into play. So, you know, eating to support your immune system is always really helpful and important as well. Okay, next, this is number five. Eat enough of the right foods, okay? So this sort of ties into our previous tip. But the point that I want to make here is if you're eating enough of the right foods, meaning nutrient-dense foods, high-fiber foods, high-protein foods, foods containing healthy fats, versus those sort of empty calorie, more processed foods, or maybe more refined carbs, things like that, you're going to feel better, you're going to stay fuller longer, and you're just going to be giving your body what it needs to function more optimally. And, you know, as I always talk about, really, I am not about like, hey, let's eat less, exercise more. I don't subscribe to that at all. I don't encourage, hey, we've all got to get skinny or be thinner. Like that is just not my MO. What I am about is helping you to eat in a way that fuels your body, that gives your body what it needs, that nourishes you from a cellular level on up that nourishes your brain and your nervous system, your muscles, all of these things, right? So focusing on that nutrient-dense food and eating enough of it to the point where you are nice and full and satiated versus trying to portion control and eat less, like eat enough of the right foods and it's going to, all the other problems end up working themselves out most of the time. Now, yes, you can overeat healthy nutrient-dense foods for sure, but I find that that you know, controlling portions, things like that, that usually comes later down the road. I wouldn't worry about that at this point in time. If you're just sort of getting your wellness journey either started up or dialed in, don't even worry about that right now. Just focus on eating enough of the right foods because that will really solve a lot of other problems. You can always fine tune later down the road. 
Hey there, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I wanted to jump in and let you know that doors are opening soon for my Body Liberation Together group, mindset, and metabolism coaching program. We'll kick off in early January, and unlike typical New Year nutrition and fitness programs, this is not a rigid diet protocol or punishing fitness regimen. This program is designed to help you build yourself up, not break yourself down. You'll learn how to make foundational changes to decrease stress, increase your energy, and create a healthy metabolism so you can end the vicious cycle of dieting, burning out, abusing your body, and dieting again just to try to get back on track. You'll receive both group and one-on-one mindset, nutrition, and fitness coaching to help you establish habits that you can stick to for results that last. I only run this group once a year and space is limited to eight people. So go to bodylibtogether.com, that's bodylib, L-I-B as in boy, together.com, or click the link in the show notes to get on the wait list. You'll be the first to know when doors open, and we'll schedule a free 30-minute chat to make sure it's right for you before you commit. I look forward to connecting with you, and now, back to the show. Okay, next, number six. So strategic indulgence is something that I talk about a lot, and No other time is it more important, I think, than when you are either on vacation or enjoying the holidays. And what I mean by strategic indulgence is being really choosy and discriminating with what you indulge in and how you indulge. So instead of just going hog wild and eating like all the things and then finding yourself on January 1st going, oh my God, I feel rotten and I've gained 10 pounds. By practicing strategic indulgence, you're going to pick and choose the things that are really worthwhile for you, that are really special, that you probably aren't going to eat at any other time of the year. Or, you know, maybe you're traveling somewhere special and there's a wonderful local cuisine or delicacy or treat that you won't get at home or elsewhere. Those are the times to really go, okay, this is really worth it. And then let's say, for example, it's a pecan pie. I use this example because I love pecan pie. So let's say it's a pecan pie at Christmas time and you absolutely love pecan pie. Well, maybe there's some other sweets too, but you don't love them as much. Skip all the other stuff. Don't waste your time with the stuff that's not really, really special for you. And instead, have that piece of pecan pie, enjoy it, savor it, be really mindful when you're eating it, savor every bite, and don't allow yourself to have any guilt around it. Just really experience it and enjoy it. Indulge, <laughs> right? And I think you'll find that it's much more satisfying. You are less likely to overeat it because you are being aware and mindful while you're enjoying it versus just kind of shoveling something in mindlessly and not really paying attention and then finding like, oh, God, I went way overboard with this and I didn't even really taste or enjoy it. So be it, you know, something that's like a special dessert or maybe a savory food that you really love. Um, Maybe it's a beautiful craft cocktail or glass of wine, something along those lines. Hold out for the good stuff. Pick the things that are really, truly special to you. And then don't waste your time with the other things. Okay. I've given the example before of like the Costco cookies, right? Like when we were all working in offices or going into the office, which many of you still may be. There's always like cookies and crap and just stuff that's out, you know, for the public to be taken or eaten in these spaces. And it's usually not very good. (laughs) It's usually like a box of cookies from Safeway or Costco or something. Honestly, just don't waste your time on that crap. It's not that special. You can have it at any point 
of time in time, I think it can be really useful to just bring out your inner food snob. Nobody else has to know about it. You're not going to do this outwardly, but just think to yourself, hmm, no, that's that doesn't meet my standards or that's not super special. I'm going to wait for the good stuff and then pass by the things that are less special for you. Okay. So that's what I mean by strategic indulgence. Um, another way that you can practice that is with your timing of food. So uh, for example, on a day when you do maybe some heavier weightlifting or more an intense workout, that's a great day to say, hey, if there's something that's you know more of a starchy carb or a sugary food, that's probably the best time to have it because your muscles are going to be primed and ready to uptake and use that glucose versus storing that this fat. Okay. Yeah. I often will do a leg workout or a good quicker total body workout on holidays because then my body is just going to better utilize whatever I eat at that feast meal and I don't have to worry about it so much. So that's another way that you can practice strategic indulgence. All right. So lastly, my last tip, this is number seven. This is what I call the one out of three rule. And I use this when I'm traveling on vacation and I have a lot of clients who've used this and it works really well for them. It's a pretty simple, easy thing to remember. So one out of three, what I mean by that is if you think of the three as starchy carbs, sugar or dessert, and alcohol. Those are the three. At each meal, if you choose only to have one of the three, instead of just every meal having all of the above, going hog wild, and again, coming home feeling like crap, having put weight on. When you choose just one of the three, it makes you a little more mindful about, hey, what do I want the most out of these three things? What is going to be the most satisfying? And it's it prevents you from feeling deprived, like you're you know, not able to have any of those. And now you can't really experience, I mean, let's say you're going to Italy, you want to eat pasta or you want to have, you know, really special wine and enjoy wonderful Italian desserts. Well, great. You can, you're just not going to do more than one of those at each meal. So by doing that, it really does prevent you from feeling deprived or missing out, but you're still getting to enjoy things without going overboard or, you know, treating your body like, like a garbage dump where you're just having all the things all the time and then paying the price later. So that's what I mean by the one out of three rule. It also typically, it's nice to mix it up, right? So hopefully you're not having an alcoholic drink at every single meal <laughs> every day while on vacation, because that's really going to be hard on your body. Um, especially for us women, detoxifying alcohol is, it's really causing your body to do a lot of heavy lifting and it will prioritize detoxification of alcohol before everything else. So, you know, any toxic exposures, excess hormones, anything like that that your body needs to eliminate, it's going to put that on the back burner and prioritize getting rid of the alcohol first. So I always encourage people to drink less alcohol less frequently, but when you are going to have it, you know, choose it carefully, make sure it's really worthwhile, be well hydrated before and after Try not to drink it on an empty stomach, you know, let it be buffered by food and then your body can handle it a lot better. So yeah, so that's what I mean by, you know, mix it up. Don't do necessarily like, well, some people may not drink and they're like, well, okay, I'm going to have dessert twice a day instead of having any starchy carbs or any alcohol with my meals because that's what I would love. Some people don't like sweets. So they're like, yeah, no, I might have some, you know, bread after I have my veggies and protein with this meal. Um, so just... Do what works best for you and makes the most sense for you. But I do find that that one out of three rule is a really helpful thing to kind of just help you stay moderate 
when you're traveling or eating out. So hopefully you find that helpful. Anyway, these are just six of some of my tips and some you know strategies that you can use or put to use when you're on the road during the holidays. You could also go back to episode 12 in season one, where I talk specifically about strategies for navigating the holidays. And I get a little more in depth on certain other things that I did not cover here today in that episode. All right. So that's what I have for you today. Hopefully you found those seven tips helpful. Just a quick recap. First, prioritize your sleep and hydration or your water drinking. Second, pack healthy snacks just in case so that you can avoid food emergencies. Three, know your non-negotiables and set clear healthy boundaries. Four, opt for veggies and protein or focus on veggies and protein at mealtime and eat those before any starchy or refined carbohydrates. Five, eat enough of the right foods so don't skimp on your nutritious foods. Six, practice strategic indulgence. And then lastly, follow that one out of three rule. I hope you guys found this helpful. I'd love to hear feedback from you. What worked for you? Uh, what questions do you have? You can DM me on Instagram at joliverwellness.com or in the comments on this podcast page. But either way, I'd love to hear from you. And yeah, I think I'll see you one more time before the Christmas holiday. But whatever you're up to this holiday season, I wish you safe travels and just a really happy, healthy, and joy-filled holiday season. And I'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining me. Hey there. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave me a quick review. Also check out the show notes for links to connect, follow, and share this podcast and for information featured in each episode. See you next time. I am not a doctor and the content here should not be taken as medical advice. All information in this podcast is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of practitioner or coach client relationship. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Do not disregard medical advice or delay seeking medical advice because of information you hear in this podcast or any other, and do not start or stop any medications without speaking to your health provider. Always seek the advice of a qualified health practitioner before undertaking a new health regimen. This podcast and website represents the opinion of Jeannie Oliver and guests to the show. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Genie Oliver Wellness LLC or our producers.